Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of Alice in Wonderland. I'm Vic Philipson in a sunny and cold Christiansand, Norway. And I'm Alice Morrison in a cold, drich, rainy Scotland. <laughs> and we bid you all a belated hello. Yes, last week we forgot to do the podcast. I you forgot. <laughs> you forgot to do the podcast. <laughs> we both forgot to do the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think I was standing on stage getting ready to do the children's show that we have uh, backstage, and I... A sharp intake of breath, I went, oh, that was about six o'clock in the evening. <laughs> I went, oh, well, no. I know. Oh, I no. didn't remember. It was third, last Thursday was the first day of Ramadan. So that is definitely my excuse. I had from the very beginning, even I had Ramadan brain immediately. <laughs> Are you observing even though you're in uh, in uh, uh, Scotland? No, I have to admit, Vic, um, I... Obviously, I was in the village for two days of mm -hmm. Ramadan, so of course I observed then. Mm -hmm. um, but here in Scotland, no, I'm not observing. I'm I'm not a Muslim, and I'm doing a book tour. And you know, it is very difficult. But I would like to wish Happy Ramadan to all my Muslim friends and followers. I also Happy Ramadan. Yes. Yeah. How is the book tour going? Well, the book tour is really fun. So I'm doing four dates in the borders. I've done two and I've got two to go. Um, I'm talking about walking with nomads and mm -hmm. it, it's really great because it helps, you know, I get to relive the adventure, show all my slides and little videos and I change it. So I get to talk about different parts of the journey and it's really enjoyable to communicate and to share all, all of that again with a new audience and I'm enjoying seeing a bit of the borders of Scotland, which is such a gorgeous, beautiful area. Mm-hmm. It must be starting to green up up there, is it? It's so green. It's honestly, I think because my eyes have got used to the kind of very bright but quite harsh colours and if you like, often quite a harsh landscape of the Atlas Mountains, seeing all these lush green rolling hills with really <laughs> fat sheep is, is extremely pleasing. <laughs> A fairly large contrast to the ochre brown red. Exactly, uh, it is. And I think that's one of the joys of travel, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Is seeing the contrast and seeing the different ways people are. Um, I do have one sad thing. Oh, I've got several sad things to report, but I have got one sad point about my book tour, though, Vic. Yeah, yes. Uh, what is that? Is that so far I've done two nights. And in both of those nights, there was one gentleman, older gentleman, different one, falling asleep in the front row. <laughs> it's, like, it's so disconcerting. I'm like giving it my all, you know, hyped up to the max, waxing lyrical about camel sex. And there's someone in the front row gently snoring. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Thank you. I think so. <laughs> oh, no. You know, at Napoleon's coronation, there was one of uh, the marshals who didn't want to be there because yeah. those, those guys were not, they were not big Christian believers anyway. He didn't want to be there. And he snored so loudly at the coronation that they threw him out of Notre Dame. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh well, that makes yeah, so. You're a like, good, you're you know, a good company. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I feel I feel okay about that. That now. 
Um, but I have had actually something genuinely horrible happen to me. I know you did. I'm really sorry. I know. Technological theft. Oof. Yes. So I was basically packing. I packed all my stuff up to come for this book tour and carried it all down the mule path, put it in the car. Um, you know, I had my clothes. I had some hiking stuff because I'm going to go hiking. Hiking stuff that I'd bought after my bags got lost by Royal Air Maroc, which they still <laughs> haven't communicated to me about. Um, all these things, my per both my, my purse for the UK, my purse for Morocco, my laptop, my Kindle, my glasses – my cosmetics, everything in my bags. And I stopped off in Marrakesh to have coffee with my dear friends, Serena and Taha. Mm -hmm. um, locked, the, locked the door, went upstairs, had coffee, and then they'd arranged for someone to drive me to the airport because they were going to look after my car. Got back down to the car and it had been broken into and both my bags were stolen. Mm. I am so sorry. Oh, thank you, Vic. It was just, do you know that feeling? And I'm sure a lot of people have had it when your heart just, Sinks. Sinks. Because you know him. I was like, where are the bags? I literally went to myself, where are the bags? And immediately you know, and then you realize the doors are opened and the, the doors have been popped. Um, and of course, I was literally Good. on my way to the airport to catch a flight. So I was so lucky because Te um, Sat, Serena and Taha organized the police. Um, they put me into the, the car. Fortunately, I had my passport, my card to say sure, my residency card and, and my phone, phone on me. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And because I had no money, so Serena gave me like a jumper for the plane and a jalaba to wear that talks. I had no clothes. And the taxi driver, the driver, gave me 100 dirhams so I could buy water and snacks. <laughs> People, so kind people can be horrible but then people can be also fantastic Ugh. i know and i think that's what you take away isn't it because in a way the thing i remember most i mean it was absolutely awful and i was i was so upset and you start blaming yourself which is completely nonsensical you're the victim of a crime by some yeah. bad person mm. but you start thinking oh i should have brought my bags upstairs i should have it's like no, no you should be able to keep your property safely in your own car Yes. So anyway, I had a horrible journey, but then that that, that driver giving me a hundred dirhams, bearing in mind it's Ramadan, so it's not like he's going to be, you know, nobody's eating or drinking anyway. But he was like, right. no, no, you know, this is for you because in the airport you might need something. And I just thought that was that's what I remember. I think it's the <laughs> kindness. Ouch. Well, I'm glad this didn't. I can't imagine it happening in Imlil. Nobody would do that there, would they? No. It wouldn't happen in Imlil. Um, and I think it's actually a little lesson to me. I've become a little bit haphazard and slapdash about security ah, yeah. because I've got used to living in a place where you don't lock your door, you know, where there's no crime mm -hmm. at all. So, I, you know, you might as well try and learn lessons from these things. So I'm trying to learn that lesson. <laughs> That's just very, that is not a great lesson to learn. Oh, gosh. I had the, they lifted my phone in Copenhagen Oof. years ago. Yeah, no, it was just three years ago. Nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Just before yeah. the COVID thing, 2020. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I know the guy saw me put it in my pocket. And of course, I yeah. rode the, we were riding the subway in Copenhagen yeah. and I had my hands up in the air and my phone in my pocket. It was just like, uh, it was like, yeah. here's the country boy come to town. Yeah. We watched him yeah. put his... 
I could see my phone. I mean, I went right on Find My right after it was gone. I happened yeah. to have another device with me. I could see where he was. That guy made 500 meters away from me in literally three minutes because the time wow. I came out of the out of the thing and looked, yeah. it had only three minutes had gone. He was clear on the north end of Copenhagen. He was way gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh but not well, to I'm worry. Sorry. Well, yeah, were you able to replace your things while you were in uh in England or did you Yeah, I just I mean I just had to buy everything afresh, so no insurance or anything. So it's like a slap in the chops financially, but it's only stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. It's only stuff. Oh they don't you okay. did, oh, is it not that kind of insurance in no. with your car insurance? Doesn't happen I see. No. No. Really too much of so, it. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, on to anyway. brighter. I think I feel we should be on brighter subjects, and I have got a brighter subject. I'm all ears. Okay, well, it, it's more a visualization thing. So, spring has sprung in the Atlas Mountains, mm -hmm. and we've had we've still got a, a sprinkling of snow on the tops, but now the valleys are full of white and pink blossom mm. from the apple trees and the cherry trees. Mm -hmm. That sounds so fantastic. An, oh, it is the most gorgeous time to visit, actually, to visit Morocco. I would I would say that this, you know, this month and next month are really super. So yeah. we're all enjoying that. I've been out walking. Um, I even managed to do a hike in Ramadan, which I'm quite impressed by. <laughs> uh, it was only we, we only did 5k my friend Rachel who runs yoga retreats called Revealing of Vajra she came over and of course she's not fasting so it, it's actually a pain a pain for people visiting because you know they're necessarily their hosts are going to be a little bit <laughs> kind of tired um, but we went for a beautiful walk and it's actually a new route that I hadn't been before just up over the kind of a half so not right up to the peaks but halfway so mm -hmm. we were walking kind of halfway up the mountains curving round and got fantastic views down into the valley of all the blossom all the little you know all the houses looking all sparkly and red because we've had a little bit of rain um absolutely beautiful so i think if you think you're coming to Morocco, now is not a bad time to plan for for March, next year april yeah oh, april, i would say april may actually he yeah. probably hasn't laid on quite as much yet. No, it's still well. Funnily enough, I was. I mean, in Marrakesh, it's come very quickly. It was thirty-two degrees the other day, and so if you imagine that, you know, two weeks ago, it's you're in full jumpers, jackets, pullo, you know, socks, mm -hmm. and then suddenly it's thirty-two degrees. It, it to me, it feels like the most extreme switch between mm -hmm. winter to summer immediately without kind of more clement weather in between. between. But, you know, it is going to get hotter. And again, I just wonder if, if that is another manifestation of climate change, this kind of rapid shift between one to the other without the, the more gentle periods in between. Could be. I don't know the climate there at all, so I don't yeah. know. We've had I've a fairly typical spring here, although now the you can physically see the trees swell here oh wow if you just look when you, yeah no you do they do they as they get the particularly the birch trees as they get closer and closer to leafing out 
The, en- yeah. the entire tree starts to absorb a lot of water. And so before, when you can look through the, the branches or you look through the woods, there's no trees out yet, right? Yeah. Or there's no leaves out. But if you look through the woods in January when it's minus 10, it's just like sticks. Yeah. Right? You see right straight through the trees. Now, because they're actually physically starting, it, it, it looks kind of like a mushy mess of things moving back and forth so they they physically get bigger and then boom they just come you know spring comes here overnight wow that sounds amazing just right at the point of of uh going we have the we have little uh we have little easter um what do they call those christ bunnies no Chocolates? Christ, Christ Blumchen. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, Christ they're little, flowers. Christ flower, little white flowers that, that come out. And they can, they can Edelweiss. Stand. Yeah, no, no, Edelweiss is in Switzerland. Well, it's foreign. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have little flowers starting to come. It's beautiful. Crocuses. There is tiny bit, could be. What, I know. <laughs> From, from from flowers, anyone, anyone I know out there nothing. who speaks Norwegian, get in yeah, touch. Yeah, let us let us <laughs> let us know what I'm looking at. Anyway, it's starting to really get to be spring here, and that's really, really, really uh, going to be great. Except it has been really cold and really wet. Oh my goodness! Well, you need to have a break in Morocco. That's what I reckon. I think so too. I think we'll so too. We'll have to organize that this year. Anyway, uh, well, I have got news from the Doar. Things have been moving and shaking. Good. Yes. So the kids obviously are all at school, um, except for we've, we've got two of the tiniest tots still at home, but all the rest are at school and they go off very proudly in their little white jackets in the morning. And um, I'd promised them all presents from Uganda. And of course, my luggage, I'm so unlucky with luggage. My luggage got lost, so they had no presents. So oh. last week I went to um, Decathlon and I bought stuff for the kids so that we can all play with together. Mm-hmm. And I've, I have found the like kind of the thing that they all love the most. So we're sitting there. So I brought it out. We were sitting there. It was about five o'clock in the evening. And two, two of the mothers were out and five of the children. And they're all milling around. So I'm like, I'm like, guys, I've got something for you. And they're like, oh, what have you got? And I found this amazing thing, which is a dartboard. But mm-hmm. instead of darts, you have balls which are covered in Velcro, which stick oh, to the dartboard. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's a good one. Yeah. It was really good. So we all lined up in order of age, which is me first, basically. <laughs> and it goes back to the, the tiniest tot. And then, you know how serious – well, I, I, it's the same everyone, but children are very serious about justice and fairness. Oh, yes. So we – we had like kind of lines marked for where, you know, according to size and arm length, where you were allowed to stand. <laughs> you were handicapped. Yeah, I was having right in the back. And <laughs> then we, we all take part and they absolutely love this game. And, and one of the reasons I like it is it also helps them with their maths, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. because I'm like, what's 20 and 30? And they're like, 23. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know so we're calculating as well and then what was really fun is so we all had a couple of goes and the boys you know were determined to win and didn't because they were throwing with such kind of force so Imran was throwing these little balls like bullets and they're bouncing off the dartboard and running around the, the courtyard hitting chickens which are squawking away and then little Zineb was actually very good. She was a bit sneaky. So she was doing little gentle lobs and getting really good results. And then 
I was like, come on, mums, let's have a go. And of course, the kids absolutely adore it if their mothers play at things. They're like, oh, mum's going to play. Because, you know, that's that's not so common there because the mothers are usually working in the mm-hmm. house. So they, they don't play in that way. Of course, they play with their children, but they don't play in that kind of games or organized way. Right. So anyway, the women were really up for it. So in the end, we had all of the women in the compound and all of the kids and we're all lining up for our turn and very seriously calculating if we'd made the winning shot on the dartboard. <laughs> A score. You did really good. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's really nice. I think those I think those evenings, you know, those kind of just as the sun setting, it's really it's lovely. It's still a little bit warm. Mm-hmm. It's not hot. Mm-hmm. Um it's so the men are not are still at work, so it's really companionable those those evenings spent together just doing not very much in the courtyard. I think those are my favorite parts of my life in in the Doar. <laughs> How's uh, Squeaky the cat? Squeaky the cat is fine, but Rasputin has been having a few uh, problems. Oh, no. So, yeah, when I came, so I was in London actually a week before, um, and then I came back. And when I got back, Rasputin was limping really, really badly. And when I looked at his leg, uh, when he let me, he's got two, what looked, it, He's either been bitten, mm-hmm. and I would say it would have to be by a dog because of the distance between the two marks on his leg, mm-hmm. or he's been his leg's been in a trap. Oh, which is possible, but un- I've never actually seen a trap. I mean, I'm, you know, that's the only other thing I can think of because he's got these two kind of deep abrasions, mm. and I don't. The leg isn't broken, but he he did hurt it. So for a week he was limping around. He still was limping when I left, actually. Um, but I checked that the, the infection when I first got there, the leg was very hot. It was obviously infected, um, but the infection passed. I mean, he's a very healthy cat, so hopefully it'll just heal up. So there's been some kind of sounds like he got in a tussle on. with the dog. Yeah, I think he must have. I think that must be the answer um, to that. But. Um, you know, this is a podcast of failure as well, Vic. There's another failure we have to talk about. Oh, no. And that is. I know. It's a disaster. I'm sorry, everyone. It's gloom and doom all around. Fortunately, I'm well recovered. Walking with Nomads was runner-up. I'm sad I wondered, because you didn't post, you didn't post your winning photo. <laughs> I thought, oh, that must mean she did not win Book of the Year. Travel Book well, of the well, Year. But, yeah. Yeah, well, but, but it's true. So I went, I decided to go to the ceremony in London, even though, you know, it's expensive and everything to travel and I shouldn't really travel without reason. But I went, I set up some meetings. I thought I'll go because how often do you get that kind of an honor that you're one of the eight shortlisted books? Mm-hmm. And actually, we had an absolutely brilliant evening at Stanford's in Covent Garden. Six, no, five of the other authors were there. Only two were missing. There were eight of us all together. And there were two really good things. So number one, all of us are runners up. Very good. Runners Very up good. for best travel book of the year. I'll I'll take it. The second thing that was really good is that the woman who won wasn't there. So none of us had <laughs> to congratulate her. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's very easy to do that on Twitter, but it's a little bit harder to do your Oscar face when you're faced with someone who's beaten you to a prize. Oh. So, 
So the um the the runners up, or as we like to call ourselves, the losers, the failed <laughs> writers. We all did a group photo where we're all grinning like lunatics because we think it's quite amusing that none of us <laughs> won that were there. <laughs> uh, dare one ask what uh, what book won? What was the book? Um. It was a very good book about, which I haven't quite read yet, but I, it's on my list. I've got to get over my chagrin first. Um, and it was a book about um, a woman who's overcome a great deal of difficulty and abuse in her life. And then she mm. took 30, she took a group of abused women um, on a trek to Everest base camp. So a very worthy winner. And it was very nice to meet the other travel writers. That was fun, Vic, because we're all in the same boat. Yeah, but you are, so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were. So, A, we were the runners-up or the losers, depending on your positivity. And But, B, it was really nice to talk to other people who do kind of more or less exactly what I do, because many – they were mainly adventurers. Um, and, we, you know, I, I could ask them questions that I'm always dying to know the answers to. So it's like, guys, can you actually – you know, live off your books. They're all like, no, don't no. be ridiculous. <laughs> Except for one woman, and this will interest you, called Erica Fatland, who says, I can, but that's because I'm in Norway. Yeah. Yeah. So her book had actually been translated into English from Norwegian. So she said that she she can make a living travel writing and because apparently in Norway you can. So maybe I'm going to be moving. Very popular books. Maybe we should get your books translated into Norwegian. Well, that would be amazing, Vic. I'm going to leave that with you. I'll bang it out in a week. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Chat GPT. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. AI might help. Oh, my goodness. Um, Fatland is a very famous name here. Oh, why? Uh, there are lots of Fatlands. Um, uh, I don't know Erica Fatland, but I do know... Uh, there, I do know some folks that uh, that are in. Actually, there's one in the uh, this children's show that we're doing now. A family named Fatland. Well, they're uh, obviously it's, creative it's, it's as well. A, it's a little like it's not Smith, but it's very very common name. Yeah. yeah. So it's all been about books and tours, but I'm you know I'll be back in Morocco hopefully for our next podcast, and I'm going to be out and about and enjoying the mountains in the glorious month of May. Yay. And April, I Yay. should say. Yeah. yeah. Which I think brings us to our close, Young Vic. I think so, yes, because I have to go out into the mountains here soon. I have a, a very sad-faced animal looking at me. Oh, does Rocky need his walk? we haven't gotten to go yet. Uh-huh. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Okay, yeah. well, you go, go safely, and we'll talk in a couple of weeks. And now we're never going to forget again, are we? We'll never forget again, we promise. All right. Yes. Talk to you then. Okay, take care. Okay, okay bye bye. bye.